0: This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Alright guys, it is Tuesday here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Welcome to Rest of you again uh long-term fans of the show here might be wondering what happened to the rest of your international desk well look um that show is now defunct it's on indefinite hiatus it might come back we might do the odd special show if Corey or gary or Bryn ever want to kind of drop in and do a show like that again or whatever you know but um it's just you know Bryn doesn't really like wrestling anymore. Um, So there's no point kind of looking for a new host than that. So I've taken the opportunity to kind of reboot the show into just WrestleView or WrestleView Ireland uh, from the WrestleView.com side of things. Um, So yeah, that's where we're going. And what's going to happen is either it's going to be uh, a a stray cut from uh, a show called Freeland's Rewind, which is a a fantastic show, which I'm on a fair bit. And uh, it's done by uh, a good friend of mine, Mike Freeland. Um, over on the True Penny Show um, feed. So you can check that out there as well. Or else um, it'll be you know an interview, a show with Adam, uh, a show with other uh, contributors from Restview or from the world of wrestling. Um, I don't really know. It, it kind of gives me a bit more freedom, though, to kind of uh, do different things with wrestling um, outside of just uh, the, the desk. Because uh, I think the desk had its own uh, character, its own... Uh, soul as such so doing it this way provides you know content for rest of you but also provides a weekly show for the people who listen exclusively on phoenix fm so nothing's changing um the show's still going to go over uh on phoenix fm every week it's going to go out on rest of you i just talked to adam there today it's going to go out on rest of you on their feed and it's also going to go on nerdtoknowmedia.com as well and through those feeds so you know, we're not going anywhere. There's still going to be wrestling hosted on this slot. So, um, you know, stay tuned. But this week is going to be interesting because it's a show just before the Raw Rumble. So it's uh, the first part of Mike Freeland's Freeland's Wrestling Rewind. Um, and it, it's, you know, it's a very, very interesting show. We talk a lot about uh, AEW, the Raw Rumble, John Cena retiring and all that kind of stuff. So check it out. And... Uh, We'll see you next week here on WrestleView, on Phoenix 92.5 FM, WrestleView.com, and near
1: Welcome to another episode of the Freeland Wrestling Rewind. My name is Mike Freeland. I am your host and tour guide. We will take you down the road that was the last seven days in the world of professional wrestling. Now, I don't do this thing by myself. I'm being joined by a great wrestling mind, a columnist, a journalist, and an overall debatist. I just made that word up. Loves to debate the world of wrestling. His name is Mr. Dara O'Connor. Dara, welcome back to The Rewind, sir. It's been too long.
0: Mike, it is my absolute pleasure to be back on The Rewind. I have to say, of all the radio I do, this is probably the most fun I have.
1: Well, that's great. That is awesome. And I tell you what, I... I have so much fun, like I've said before, on many occasions talking to you guys, you and Tony Cottam I've talked recently with Marcus Green as well about all the different idiosyncrasies inside the world of wrestling. But it's great to get different opinions to see where everyone's coming from in different sectors of the globe. So your opinion is definitely some that I'm very much looking to get into this week and find out what your takes are on what has been happening in wrestling. Sure. So before we get started... We, we do want to let you know that The Rewind is brought to you by The True Penny Show. Catch Jim's True Penny and all of his characters on The True Penny Show as you can find them each and every single week anywhere fine podcasts are made available. That's The True Penny Show. You can find them on Twitter as well. You can follow him at Sheriff Lone Star or you can follow them on Facebook and Twitter at The True Penny Show. The True Penny Show, the reason why the Freeland Rewind is available to you. All right. So, Dara, let me ask you this question. Of the things that have happened so far in wrestling, has there been anything in the last seven days that kind of piqued your interest, perked your ears, and made you say, hmm, that's interesting?
0: Well, the obvious one will be it's we're on the road to WrestleMania, so this Sunday is going to be the Royal Rumble. So that's kind of the first thing that's really, you know, really on my agenda now and even for non-wrestling fans it's it's probably the big one i would say the, the royal rumble is more more of an event for anyone who doesn't even like wrestling or old wrestling fans that want to pop in and out and then of course there's takeover as well but um yeah that would be it for me i'd say would would be the main thing but also if there's time i'd like to get your thoughts on aew and all that scenario so we have a fair amount to kind of go through uh, on that front as well yeah
1: well, do you want me to start off with my thoughts on AEW? Oh, yeah. Because it's, 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 it's fresh on my mind right now, especially since a lot of the news came out, which is a great uh, opening segue here. There are some WWE superstars who are at least considering the notion of approaching management to see if they can get out of their contracts. So there have been a lot of outlets that have reported in the last seven days that some WWE superstars feel a little stymied as far as their track, their path, as far as creative is concerned. And now with this influx of interest in AEW, uh, they're kind of wondering maybe that I should get a piece of that pie. So as far as my thoughts on AEW, I thought they've done things very well so far. Being the Elite is a phenomenal show that if you have not checked it out before, it's a great web series, you should see it. They Mm. are very entertaining characters, they get into things, they let you on the inside. And I think with Cody Rhodes and The Young Bucks, they have this ability to really draw you in quickly because they're very likable people. And when they did All In, I, I think they were a little hesitant in the beginning but then when they realized that it was gonna be a success and, and when it sold out, and I think what, like 11 minutes, I think they really started to get the feeling that, hey, maybe we have something here. So a lot of people had the notion that they were going to do something again down the road. Now, whether that's another one-off or, I mean, I don't think anyone at one point in time was thinking a promotion. I mean, a promotion's a big deal, Dara. I mean, you know this. If yeah. if you're gonna start a wrestling promotion, there's there's two things that you have to be comfortable with. You have to be comfortable with spending a lot of money and you also have to be comfortable with losing a lot of money before you ever make any money. Mm. So I'm excited about AEW. I'm excited about all In Two, double or nothing, which is going to be happening in Las Vegas. Um, so many different things that are going on with that. But, what was the initial reaction? I think we all kind of had the feeling that this was coming down the line. They uh, they did the whole deny 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 aspect, but we all knew something was was going on. There was there was too many subtleties that were happening uh, peripherally for us to completely ignore it. What was your take?
0: Well, okay, it kind of came out of the the blue for me as such as far as like a new wrestling promotion. But I did like you. I did feel like this was coming for. A while. As far as like. A, a new wrestling promotion. So kind of like. Because look. Impact. Impact is actually really good. But the problem about it is. It still has the TNA stink on it. So. Everybody's just going to. Discount it. The best thing TNA could do. Is sell up and. Buy. AEW. To be honest with you. Or you know. Buy some stock in there. And close up shop. Because. They're going. No matter what they call themselves. They're going to have that problem. But. AEW. I think is the best chance that we have for some kind of real competition to the wwe in the sense that the owners are pakistani millionaires and um, they own a boatload of things like they own some uh, team in the nfl they own fulham of the english Premier league there's money there all right so that's already a good start so you know like like um like during the Monday Night Wars with billionaire Ted, you know, there's there's billion, <laughs> there's there's the billionaire cons, you know. By the way, if that becomes a thing, you know, I I want to check. Uh <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's already a good start. So there's money there and these guys are smart. They own sports teams, they know how it runs, so, you know, the, it's not just going to be complete oil money or, you know, like it was with Dixie Carter. Uh, they've started off this well, bringing in uh, the, the Elite and the Bucks. Um, fantastic. You know, great grab. Then, you know, kind of building it out. So, you know, cha- uh, Chris Jericho, obviously, huge signing for them. Uh, really kind of brought a lot of focus on it. And that's when I found out about it. You have Cody, uh, Ka- Kaz and Daniels, Pac. You know, they've built a nice little roster here. Now, the question then becomes right where do we go from here there's no TV show yet but there probably will be soon if not they can do a streaming thing it's not a big deal where it becomes really interesting is with WWE's reaction to it so this is something they can't ignore this is not a backwater thing this is they're really trying to make a play for it Um, and I would say if they get a TV deal then we're in business Double or Nothing will probably be the same as All In it will you know, be a great show and it will garner a lot of business but you know as a convention that's why I thought would have been a better thing to have like a yearly convention if they're going to make a wrestling company of it but well then they need to decide well if we're going to do a couple of things they could do what TNA did at the beginning in Ring of Honor where they kind of they work with each other right so you have them going off and doing a territory kind of thing where their champion faces other champions of different wrestling promotions obviously WDB and Ring of Honor won't do that because of the deal they have but they have to do something different here this needs to be not just not just a um another rest of motion that can just be discounted it needs to be something different and its own thing so they have a vision and the elite definitely seem to have that vision to go forward and kind of put on this show but long-term sustainability and that's what my mind goes to instantly with this kind of stuff they need to get a tv deal they need to understand what they're doing as far as wh- who we are and what our ethos is and then run with it and once they do that they'll be unstoppable and we'll probably start seeing a lot of WWE talent leave because there is scope here they just need to kind of get a few more pieces and then they're good to go
1: well let me ask you the question on this one and you touch on some really really good points that are, are worth sinking our teeth in here too so the first thing is sustainability and you're you're 100 on par with this right here sustainability means you just don't want to be the flavor of the month you don't want to be a concept that sounds really exciting you know it's like that uh that you know oh this new product's coming out oh this is great but then you realize the product is basically just the same thing as every other product so you want to make sure that you you are unique that you have something to offer your audience and your patrons, that is something that's going to interest them. Something where there is a current void. If you try to be like an impact or you try to be like a ring of honor, or you try to be like a WWE, you're not going to succeed. Because right now they are good at what they do. So why are you going to necessarily want to mimic what they do? Plus, think about it from this perspective. I mean, when it comes to wrestling, how many wrestling promotions have we seen? And we've not even heard of around the country and around the world that have tried really hard to get things going and it just fell to pieces. So you gotta have a great concept, but you're right, you also have to have that outlet, that TV outlet where people can tune in and see you. If it requires weekly pay-per-views or you know something to that nature, you might lose some of that that steam and that momentum. It needs to be easy access, it needs to be something that's on a good, good network where you're gonna get enough eyeballs and it has to have something that's compelling. Mm. And when you mix all of that together, I think that's when you really start to have something here. Now, yeah. I don't think that they would have even gone down this road if they hadn't explored all of those options. You know, they seem like they're pretty, pretty smart guys and they have a, a good group of people around them. So I think they've done all of their due diligence already. So, but let me ask you this do you think that it's a foregone conclusion that they will? Immediately within the first and when I say immediately, I mean maybe in the first Three years jump to being number two or do you think Dara that it's going to take more time to Surpass some of the other companies like a ring of honor such as an impact wrestling Or do you think no? I don't see the problem right now with them jumping right to number two number Your thoughts
0: n- number two in the u.s. And, uh, and Europe. Correct number two in the United States, okay? because you know it, it is relative like the number two in the world now is new japan you know it's just that's the way it is that's correct but right. but the thing about it is it's like that's a good question mike and i would say that like it depends right it really does depend on a couple of things the first thing being well are they going to make the same mistakes as impact right are they going to make the same mistakes as tna where they started off with a great bang. They, they had a really good clear vision of where they're going. And it was moderately sustainable. Particularly when they went on the spike. You know there's no reason why that shouldn't have just exploded. And then over in Europe. They were pretty much like the number. Almost the number one. Because they were actually easier to see than WWE. It was free. And they they drew huge. You know. And that's something that a lot of people forget. At one point TNA. Was actually More popular to wrestling fans than WWE in in the UK and Ireland. It's crazy, but true. Particularly, you know, when they were really, before the you-know-what hit the fan. So I would say the first thing is kind of keep that on track, right? So if they can build that up, let's just say that's the first year. They establish themselves as this brand that you have to see. So they start doing, the we call it the NXT approach, where they're this white-hot product that you must see. That it is different and has like young guys, fantastic matches, um, good concepts and good stories, right? So if if they can out NXT, NXT, that's a good start and they probably can, right? Let's be real. The next thing that they need to do is eyeballs, right? How do we get many of them? TV is obviously a big one, but not only TV. We live in a world of streaming. Get onto a streaming platform get onto a Netflix, get onto Hulu, get on, you know, whatever these kind of things are, partner up and get onto one of those things. Get onto the biggest one that you can so people can just sit there, hit a button, bam, there you go. The problem that's happening nowadays with the streaming services is, particularly in America, it hasn't really hit Ireland or the UK yet, but it probably will eventually, is that piracy is on the increase because of all the different streaming services now. If if the market gets too confusing where you have to buy 16 different subscriptions, you're just going to pirate because that's what people do. If you want something to be successful, you make it easy and you make it cheap. And people will buy it because people are lazy and people are cheap. So that that's how you you know That's <laughs> it's a, true. If it's a good enough product, that's how you market it. So that's the next thing that you need to do. Make it available and make it cheap and then you'll be fine. The next thing that you need to do is expand out your roster. So don't just have Cody Rhodes being your champion, because that would be terrible, in my opinion. Um, don't it have Chris, would be another
1: Jeff Jarrett situation. Exactly.
0: Don't have Chris Jericho be your champion, because that would also be terrible, because he's getting on there. He's supposed to be a guy helping the new guys, not the guy. They need to find the guy. And how did they do that? Expand out their talent base. You know, Start doing the groundwork go around the world be a global company don't just be an american company look in america look in america obviously look in canada look in europe look in asia look in the middle east look in australia anywhere you can start building your talent base out then focus on the women do you have three women right now one of which is brandy rhodes so she doesn't count build out women division you know that's something that tna had that people loved it's something that NXT and even WWE now have focused on and realized that there is a market for it. And then maybe put something different. You know, one of the things that was on TNA, obviously, was the X-Division. You know, um, the matches that they had there. Kind of see what you can do there. That's year two, right? Year three then, let's go for it. Let's see what we have. Then you start hitting for the spike. God, I don't know what, I think. Spike, I think spike is gone, is it? um yeah yeah so whatever the equivalent is there you hit that you know maybe espn sports or whatever um and then you kind of go up eventually they'll reach a point where around year four you can take them seriously they have enough cash in the bank maybe doing bi-monthly pay-per-views look they can do a bit of tour and then and then once you have that you can go to the bigger networks but you can't jump at this. You can't just start competing on Monday nights with, the, with rocks. That's stupid. Um, you know, that's stupid in general. But once they follow a plan like that, that's well thought out and at their, and scales up, then they'll be fine. The problem here is scalability with every business. You have a great idea. Cool. You have a niche market. Cool. How do we scale it up? How do we make it bigger? How do we make it kind of grow with the company? Because what happens even in business in general is companies grow too fast and then it collapses. So they need to make sure that they grow with their audience but not away from their audience. So keep your core focus in mind and your product as what you are and then grow to that. Don't just try change as soon as someone comes in. And that's what I'm really glad to see about these owners. Because these owners, yeah, okay, look, F- Fulham isn't the best football uh, team In the English Premier League, it's not. Uh, I don't know about the Jacksonville Jaguars, but, you know, the fact that the own team's already, and he's ranked as 64th in Forbes uh, 400 richest Americans, and the the 270th wealthiest person in the world, there is money there,
1: all right? Oh, very much so.
0: Yeah, so there's money there. However, eventually, (laughs) eventually money runs out. So they need to use what they have here smart. And also, uh, smartly, and also in a in a creative way that allows them to push forward. So, look, I wish them all the best. They follow a plan similar to that, and I think they will. Um, there's money there to grow, but they have to make sure that they don't just become, like, imp- like TNA is the warning sign here. P- pretty much do the opposite of everything from TNA from about 2007, and you'd be grand. Uh, <laughs> you know, <if> you, <laughs> the history repeats itself, and people don't follow it, you know? Uh, i've often said that tna is wcw and fast forward and it kind of is you know um but yeah man like if they if they follow something similar to that they'll be fine and then we can have that real conversation about being number two right now though they have a lot of potential but potential and reality are different things
1: yeah i mean i think you're right about that There's so many things that when you look at it like, oh, this has the abilities to become great. How many times have we said this before? You know, this could be awesome. And then there's always that phrase that's that follows that. Well, if it's done the right way. And I think that that even goes with something like this. Guys, I'm not saying don't get excited. I'm not saying don't be over the moon about something like this, because you have every right to be excited as a wrestling fan for something like this to happen. Keep in mind, this hasn't happened for what? 20 years because the last company that really launched after, um, WCW went out of business was impact wrestling. Mm. So think about it from this perspective, be excited, but don't have such high expectations that if they're not reached, it's a complete letdown. This is going to take time. You know, as great as the young bucks are, as great as all in one was, and I have no doubt whatsoever that all in two is going to be great. Just don't have unrealistic expectations. And I think there's a couple things that you touched upon that Chris Jericho has actually talked about. Chris Jericho had made some comments as well about the rally for AEW and what he, in his opinion, thinks AEW needs to do in its infancy to really succeed. And I'm just going to get you a couple of quotes here, and I do want to represent uh, and and give credit to Ross Kelly with, uh, with Wrestling Inc., who does a phenomenal job, along with uh, Raj over at Wrestling Inc. I really love the way they report on things, so many props to you guys. So as previously reported on Talk is Jericho – Jericho talked about signing with AEW and also confirmed that he will not be appearing at the upcoming WWE event that everyone seems to want to link him to. Now, this is what his comment was. I knew it would be something that would make a lot of heads turn Jericho said, referring to signing with AEW. No more WWE. I still got a lot of people asking if I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble. No, I will not be in the Royal Rumble as a surprise entrant. I would anyway, I wouldn't be anyway. I've already done that. So, when it comes to something like this, you know, there was a lot of talk about Chris Jericho and where he would go. After he dropped the title um, at Wrestle Kingdom, we all were wondering, well, where's he going to show up next? What's going to happen? But it seems like Jericho, right now, and I hate to use the phrase that at the twilight of his career, but it is. Well, I mean, let's be honest. I think he's kind of segueing himself into other ventures as well. And what I mean by that is maybe of a businessman or maybe of a backstage guy, maybe a producer, maybe a, a version of a Triple H, if you will, working with the Bucks and this new promotion. Do you see Jericho being that type of guy at some point in time, being with an AEW, but still being maybe like a figurehead within the company because of all of his experience?
0: I don't know, man. Like Jericho banned me on Twitter because I criticized his band. So <laughs> I remember that. I wrote like I wrote a bad review of of a bad album and he banned me on Twitter. So if he's going to be a businessman, he needs to learn to grow thicker skin. Um so I don't know, maybe like Triple H doesn't ban you and you can say whatever you want about him. Um he just doesn't care. Uh I don't know. Like maybe like I think he'd be a great trainer. I think he he would be a great producer in WWE. Um but to be the, the mastermind of a wrestling company, uh, maybe. Like, that's all I can say. Like, it's it's a great move for him. And I'm glad to see, like, Impact offered him, like,
1: a boatload of cash. And he said no. Well, uh, I was going to get into that as well after this. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people were wondering if he would make a stint or make an appearance with Impact because of his relationship with Impact. With, um, you know, Don Callis and scott demore what would happen there but obviously that that didn't happen but well when we talk about him maybe being somebody who could be like a showrunner or somebody who kind of steers the ship did you ever think triple h would be the guy did was there a point in time when you thought man i really see this guy becoming the next backstage guy who really has you know the the reins of the promotion because could Jericho kind of slide into that same category that Triple H did? Sorry, Mike, I just wanna just want to stop you there. Uh Triple H,
0: who's Triple H the game. You know. <laughs> 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 this is true. This is true. For for new listeners, I'm the biggest Triple H mark in the history of the world, so uh I'm biased on this. But uh yeah, man, Triple H is great. You know, he should never not have a title. Like the fact <laughs> he doesn't have a title now is bad, you know. I was just about to
1: say it's it's the Darryl O'Connor. Triple H should have a belt no matter what.
0: Yeah, exactly. No matter what, like he just appears and there should just be a belt. So yeah, you know. <laughs> like w- one of the one of the one of the biggest highlights for me as a wrestling fan is when he you know won the Rumble and had the belt. I was like, this is amazing. Like, what more do you need? Like, you know, um. So yeah, no, like I always thought that Triple H, you know, w- would be would be good at that role because he was a wrestling fan. You know, at the end of the day, you have to love wrestling to run a wrestling company correctly. Or at least to, you know, make it interesting for the rest of us. Because that's one thing that you see with um, with the WWE. You know, when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. And you can always tell, well, was this run by somebody who actually likes wrestling or somebody who wants to make a TV show? Right. You know, and that's the Kevin Dunn argument, you know, where it's like, well, he doesn't really like wrestling. He wants to make a TV show. You know, and whether that's good or bad is up to the fans um, themselves. But Jericho is one of the best of all time, right, Uh, in the ring. Pretty good singer. Uh, Band's okay. Um, But as a business... You're not
1: burying him. You're being very fair with that. That's
0: a very fair assessment. I've always been fair with him. Like, that's, that's the thing. But it just is what it is. But you know as far as like an outside businessman well look at his outside projects they all kind of fail um you know like when he was a game show host and an actor and all this kind of stuff I Failed, but going back to wrestling i think he does have a lot to give i just i just don't see it yet now would i like to be wrong yes i was surprised that he didn't go to tna just to be like hey you know here's my you know here's my four months as the world champion of tna or Impact Wrestling, sorry, um, because that's what I thought he would have done, and then maybe went to AEW, uh, to AEW, because you know it's just what you expect. But look, he's with a, a good bunch of good bunch of lads, as we'd say in Ireland. You know, Cody and the books—they put on a fantastic show, um, and it has the ability to grow out. Now, what I would say is, if Jericho walks out on the first week of whatever television, pay per view, stream, whatever, and wins the world title. Oh, we have a problem. <laughs> if Cody, <laughs> you know, if it's like six months of Cody and Jericho, we have a huge problem. And um, so let's just wait and see. You know, the difference is Triple H can carry a belt forever, Jericho can't. Right. You know. like the, there's no sledgehammer with Chris Jericho. He just has a sparkly shirt, so it's like okay. Uh, uh, right.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you you bring up a good point here. I mean, it, it's one of those situations where. You do have to be a wrestling fan. I think Triple H has definitely expressed that. I think it also doesn't hurt that he's married into the family, that he's probably been privy to more conversations about the business, booking, all of those kinds of very important aspects that go beyond just performing in the ring. So I think he has, he has learned through osmosis, you know, just by being around the family itself, the dinner table, the Christmases, the Thanksgivings, all that kind of stuff. Now, do I think Chris could evolve into something like that? Absolutely. Now, if if we say, okay, he's not going to be the guy, there's been so much talk and speculation and rumor, you know, who's going to be the mastermind behind all of this? You know, we originally thought that it might be something like a Jim Ross, which kind of leads me to my next point here. A lot of people thought Jim was going to be announced as, you know, either One of the minds behind it, one of the um, creative people behind it. Jim Ross went on his podcast and he recently made a couple of comments. He said, you know what a wrestling promotion always needs to succeed, talent and TV. AEW has the talent in their contract, but they're still looking for TV. So when it comes to something like this, do you think that this is coming from somebody who is already on the inside Do you think that Jim will become someone who's on the inside or do you think that he will not be? Because even leading up to this point right here as far as what's going to happen with with AEW, Jim hasn't been announced. Do you think that that's intentionally kept quiet or do you think that uh, really all this hype around Jim being a part of the organization really is just a bunch of smoke and mirrors? It could be a bit from A and a bit from B. Like I don't think – like at the end of the day, look –
0: why this works is because it has buzz if this was all locked down and he told you everything to be no buzz, however, if it was a case where you know we knew Jim Ross was coming in or whatever, you know he wouldn't be able to do anything else and I don't think he wants to do that he likes you know kind of the sexy element of it you know like Jim has done worse <laughs> he's he's gone off to <laughs> random promotions in in England and all that kind of stuff that failed. So I think he will show up eventually. Um, like it's it's just a matter of a matter of when, right? But, but it, it only it really dep- it really depends on like two key things: if it scales, and if it gets TV. If it gets TV, even on a decent network, he'll be there. You know, you know who I'd love to see. I'd love to see Tony Giovanni come back. I'm sorry I know people are screaming and smashing their iPod off the phone uh, just <laughs> off the floor and the front I love Tony Giovanni. I'm sorry he's a great 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 ring announcer or uh, commentator I just, I just you know I watched WCW a lot as a kid so you know you know don't at me um <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, that's who I'd like to see. I don't know why people aren't going, hey, I want Tony Giovanni, you know, because that's, that's what I say. I'm like, Jim Ross, I'm like, okay, cool. But, you know, Tony Giovanni and Mark Madden, you know, why not bring back to the WCW lads? Be good.
1: So. Yeah. Whoa, you're joking about the Mark Madden part, correct? Nah, man. Think, think of the hate. Oh, my oh, no, God. God. Dara, oh, no. think, Dara. Think of the hatred. I love you like a family member. I know, uh, wait, I know. wait a second. Think of the hatred. Mark? Think of the hatred.
0: There would be a ton of hatred. Exactly, that's the point. You need to have a heel announcer. Who would be a bigger heel announcer than Mark Madden? Think about it.
1: I mean, I feel like Mark Madden, and for anyone who's a Mark Madden fan, don't take this too personal, but I feel like he was a wannabe Bobby Heenan in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I feel like he, I don't know, he tried too hard. He didn't let things naturally flow at times. And... You know, just like Dolph Ziggler comes across as, and we're going to talk about Dolph also in the show, but how Dolph always came across as that Shawn Michaels ripoff. I mean, let's be honest. He really, really pushed it really far with the attire, the boots, the moves, all that stuff. He pushed it so I far. I really feel like that's what
0: he pushed it so Mark far. was.
1: Well, yeah, well, you know, you're right on all accounts. And with Ziggler, you know, we'll talk
0: about him when he gets to it, but he pushed it so far that he literally was just, you know, Shawn Michaels. He is just Shawn Michaels now. But with Mark friend it's like, you know, obviously – you know, I'm, I'm half-joking, but to have that kind of heel announcer there, you need... Well, look, again, you can you can go back as far as you can go. Like, my ideal commentary team would be um, Shivani... Um, what's it? The brain... Was it the professor in TNA? What was his name? Mike Tanae. Mike Tanae, of course. Mike tenay and uh, Jim Ross, you know, even have a rotating team where they can go in, but they have these great... Names who are able to call matches and tell and tell stories and able to build up some kind of buzz within the promotion like from a TV perspective, even Matt Striker is a good a, a good play by play guy, but you got to be careful. You know, you need to have somebody who can actually roll people up, and um, because that's that's what WWE don't have. They have bland, more bland, and then female bland, and it's like, okay, this is just awful. You know, so. Well, it-
1: it, it, it's it's funny you mention that. As far as as the announcing crew goes, what were your thoughts? on being a big TNA guy, an Impact Wrestling guy, one of my favorite announcers of all time of all time was uh, Don West. Yeah, loved yeah. Don, Don West. Don West was
0: great. Don West was great. Actually, you know what? Who who would be a great grab? TNA and Don West. Honestly. Oh like, my gosh! Like, I mean, dude, wow. look, listen to me, right? If if you you if anyone who hasn't heard the the classic TNA announce team buy, I would say this anyway, by the, the to anybody. Buy the pay per views from two thousand five to two thousand seven, you'll have a good time. Also, I mean if I'm in like I'm in hard justice two thousand seven. Um <laughs> <laughs> randomly. Um but yeah it, and then you have Don West and Tanae on commentary and it's just so good. It's so good. Um although like yeah Don West was a bit <laughs> he his hard sell
1: is legendary, but it's still good, you know you're you're right when you say that you you do need the voices that can tell the story. You do need to have people who can take you through, you know, the progression of of the storyline itself to to grab you, to captivate you. And I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but I think this is definitely something that's at least happened to me. The two guys who are in the feud really didn't do a whole lot for me. I wasn't really that excited but the fact that the announcers believed in it so much, the fact that they really just poured their heart into telling the story and then they would get in their own side debates about things. And then sometimes they would bicker at each other about it. It seemed like the storytelling about the feud was more interesting than the feud was itself because the people were so engaging. And I think that's what you're trying to get at here is you need those people who are going to take maybe guys who aren't household names, Maybe guys who are still on the up and, and coming list, and you need to somehow build them up so the audience says, "Wow, these announcers believe in them." You know, maybe we should as well. It's one of those things that I think if you get the right announce team, it helps. Hmm. And that's, it
0: does help. You know, we don't have that now. We have well, there's, there's okay, there's, a, there's a few things on that. Like we, you know, we do have a lot to get through, so we don't, we won't harp too long on it, but. Particularly in the nineties and in the ad shit era, just before WCW collapsed, the same thing happened at WCW. They take, they take a guy, and he'd come out and he'd have a gimmick or whatever, and be like whatever. But the announcers would do something different. One, he'd have a gimmick, right? He'd have a story. The announcers would sell that story, tell a little about the character or whatever. He might do a promo. And then, you know, the announcers would get him over. There'd be a reason to like him. Because you'd be like, oh, well, he did this, this. And then, you know, he said this. But, you know, it would build up a little, you know, connection to him. Now, there's no connection to anyone. You know, it's like, oh, he's, you know, let's take John Cena. He's the most controversial figure in the WWE universe. Okay. Why? You know? Why is he controversial? You know, now... Jim Ross was calling that in the, in the Attitude era. Oh, you know, fans hate him because he's, he's you know, against what wrestling fans want. You know, he has everything handed to him. You know, no one believes him. You know, all this kind of stuff. You know, they would actually literally tell you why you're supposed to hate this guy. Why you're supposed to like this guy. And then they'd also use the, the heel and face... Uh, element as well inside the commentary booth. So you'd have King who would be, you know, obviously up for the heels and you'd have Jim Ross who'd be like, oh, how dare you can think that about and that's so watered down nowadays that it, it's ineffective. Uh, today did the same thing. Let there, me ask you this cool. question
1: because I think this is something that has kind of piqued my interest as well. You know, I know the women's movement is is definitely happening in mm-hmm. the world of wrestling as far as the promotions are concerned, and and they're really realizing now that the women' talent are just as equal, if not in some ways superior, than the men as far as being a performer. And and you'll never hear me argue that because there are very talented women out there who are performing, and there's many more that haven't been discovered yet. So. Uh, But but here's the thing that I really kind of struggle with, and and Dara, maybe you can kind of shed some light on this. Sure. When it came to, oh my gosh, and I, Renee Young. When it came to Renee Young, God love Renee Young, and I think she does a great job as a backstage interviewer. Do you really feel like she is the type of personality that would be on a broadcast team like on a Monday Night Raw? And I'm not saying this out of a chauvinistic standpoint, but... I really don't feel like she fits. It, I don't feel like she brings that. If she was a Sherry Martell mm, and, and Sherry could, could screech and Sherry could go off on tangents and she was that type of a personality. Yeah. I, I could see that working, but I just don't see that she's trying to come off too much of a, too much of a, of a professional broadcaster. Yeah, it, it just doesn't seem to work. She's not yeah. a character. And in, without that character element, like like Corey Graves, for example, he still has that heelish appeal to him, which is good. Michael Cole comes across as that kind of nerdy, professional guy, let's keep it between the lines here, you know, but she just never really feel like it fit. Did you agree with the fact that maybe that was not the best move to put her in the booth?
0: It wouldn't matter who he put in the booth, Mike. Like, See, this is the problem. Michael Cole, instead of the standard being Jim Ross... Right, and people trying to emulate Jim Ross or uh, Tanay or, you know, Shivani or anyone like that who would be like, you know, hey, look, yeah, I'm going to call the action, but I'm also going to have my own take on this too. Um, They went with Michael Cole. And Michael Cole is, I'm a sports broadcaster. blah blah, blah. And then that was the character. That was the standard. So, you know, he's obviously been the, com- the main commentator
1: for, you know, what? 15... 15 years um, uh, at least now, at uh, this yeah. point. I mean, did, did you see him becoming the nope. heir apparent once Jim Ross stepped down? Was that something that you think a lot of people saw coming down the pipeline? Oh, yeah, or?
0: yeah, It was obvious, it was obvious that that's who it was going to be. But did I ever want it? No, I hate Michael Cole. Um, I cannot stand Michael Cole's delivery. It's why I, I love TNA so much. It was like, oh, that annoyance isn't there. You know, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it actually sounds like I'm watching wrestling, not somebody having a fit with a microphone. And, right, you know that uh, I did like him with Taz actually, be- and the reason why is we found out later was because Paul Heyman was literally recording with them in a pre-recorded studio, right. and there you go. You know, it's like Paul Heyman is a f- phenomenal <laughs> commentator, phenomenal. Oh, everything, absolutely. You know, but there's no one there to to do that, and instead of instead of uh, Renee Young having someone like a Paul Heyman or a Jim Ross to be like, hey, look, this is how you kind of do it and this is how you get stuff over, who's she going to go with? She's going to either, you know, look up to Michael Cole as, you know, someone to emulate because, you know, he was the heir apparent. Or worse, the earpiece in your ear with Vince and uh, Dunn shouting in your ear, which is what happens in WWE shows. So it's like, it doesn't matter who you put in the booth because, you're, you you know, if you're if you're emulating that style and that format and that way of commentating, like, <sighs> Man, you know it's it's never going to be ending, but stunted. Like I don't know. Have you ever done even radio with um someone saying stuff in your ear? I have not. I did it one time. I, I actually I used to do some little known fact. I did some commentary for a while, uh, for an Irish wrestling promotion. I did it once or twice, and yeah, it was it was with someone in the ear. Man, it's never good. And then after two shows, I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> No, uh, because you can't concentrate, you can't get a feel, you can't tell a story. it's more just, "Get this over, get this over, do this." And you're just like, "No. So I would not blame her. I would blame the factors and the culture of WWE production for her failure there. I guarantee if she went over, and she's not going to go with AEW unless Dean Ambrose goes actually that wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, you know, if she went over there, I think she'd flourish, I think she'd be a great grab. But you know, you put anyone in that booth emulating Michael Cole, you're going to get knockoff Michael Cole. In this case, you get knockoff Michael Cole, but gender swapped, and that's horrifying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, did had you ever heard the story that it was WWE Creative or maybe it was Vince McMahon that wanted to make Jim Ross, good old JR, with the cowboy hat and the whole, you know, country. A- aspect the whole country mm. you know cowboy-esque thing and jim did not like that initially he he didn't want nothing to do with that but then as time went on and even now obviously his time away from wwe he has really leaned on that good old jr aspect of it and, and i get it from from a gimmick perspective i mean pete that's what people know him as but do you feel like they just never really developed her enough and just said, hey, you've done backstage stuff? Don't you think they should have put a little bit more time in her personality and also kind of let her maybe be herself in some ways? Yeah, like the thing about it is when you're when you're watching a TV show, you need to kind of
0: relate to the characters on the screen. When you're listening to someone, you need to kind of... You know, this is one thing I love about podcasts. And, you know, when you're listening to podcasts, it's like you know the people who's doing it. You know, it's particularly a wrestling podcast. It's like you're in a room with mates, you know. There's a great Irish podcast called um, OSW Review. And, you know, they review shows and it's like, you know. But the thing about it is, when you're watching or listening to that, it's like watching a show with the lads, you know. And the only reason why it's interesting is because the lads are interesting. You know, they're they're characters, you know. And that's that's the same thing with, with commentary, you know, with... um. With WWE back in the day, you know, you knew these characters. In some cases, they literally were. You know, that's what he brought in former wrestlers, you know, to to portray their character still in a different way. You know, and then you had the the straight guy who was, um, you know, Vince McMahon or, you know, whatever to to kind of carry over. Even then, they were still playing that character of the straight guy. With Renee Young, it's Renee Young, you know. Okay, what do we know about Renee Young? Well, she is married to Dean Ambrose, and we're only kind of allowed mention that, but not really. What else? Well, she's a woman. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, what do we have to t- t- attach onto here? You know, there's like, there's not much. There's not much. Like, you're not a wrestler. You're married to a wrestler, but you can't talk about that. Like, even if she came across that angle where she was like a bitchy wife. Of a wrestler and go, huh, I'd take it. You know that would be cool. Think about it. It's like yes, it would. She's watching a women's match and goes, huh, you know, look at them. You know, they're they can't match up to you know, the men. You know, or even watching a men's match. Goes, <laughs> you know, Roman Reigns. You know, how how can he match up to Dean Ambrose? You know, my husband was the real heart of Shield. You know, that would be a character that would allow her to yes. kind of you know, I'll oh, be like, oh my god, okay, this is what she's gonna do. But nothing. It was just like dry, a higher a higher-pitched, dry voice. And it's like, there's nothing there to kind of latch on to. And that's what's key, and that's, you know, the failure, Mike, because it's like, she was so replaceable. Here's the thing, right, and to kind of put a bow on this, You're, every member of your production team who's on camera or behind a mic needs to be irreplaceable, as far as yeah. you can't imagine the show without them. Think about it. The attitude era without, without Mike, hold on, here we go, right? The attitude era without uh, Jim Ross, When Mick Foley won the belt and Michael Cole's calling it, it is garbage, absolute garbage, you know, compared to if Jim Ross had it, he would have sold that like, you know, he would have sold it like anything, you know, like he did when, you know, Austin won or, you know, when Vince was revealed as the higher power or something like this, you know, who's selling it is important. And, you know, you need to be irreplaceable. They can't imagine the show without you. And there's nobody on the on on the commentary team or doing commentary right now who has that in any promotion because they're all kind of the same.
1: Do you think in a lot of ways the, the commentary position has really kind of taken maybe a step backwards? And what I mean by that is, you know, back in the day when you would have You know, the Gordon Solis who would really, really, you know, put his heart and soul into it. And you had a lot of commentators like the Jim Rosses, like the Tony Schiavone's that were such a big, integral part of the show. Do you feel like in some ways, at least from the perspective of WWE, they don't want anyone else to overshine with the talent that's what's being seen on camera? That's why they just want more of a mouthpiece to deliver the information, but yet not necessarily get over like some of the guys like the Bobbies and the Jessies and yep. the Vinces and yep. the Gorillas because those guys were over just as much as the talent on the roster was. Would you agree? Yeah,
0: hundred percent. I think that's it in a nutshell. Like that's I think that's that's the that's the the key crux, that's the difference. You know, like at the end of the day, you should be more tuning in to be entertained by the commentators as much as the product because look the Archie Derrick didn't have good wrestling a lot of the time had interesting stories but you know when you're watching a hardcore match and the lads were just battering each other for 20 minutes it was entertaining because JR and King were ripping it, ripping the piss out of it you know and it was funny so there's none of that now it's more just like you know dry match dry story no story no characters no nothing so there's nothing to attach onto with the result that WDB is borderline unwatchable most weeks You know, even as an experiment for everyone listening at home, throw up the Royal Rumble in your preparation. I know a lot of people do this. I do it as well, where you watch past rumbles. The watchability gets worse and worse and worse as it goes on because the commentary team aren't selling the match. They're not selling the performers in the ring. I agree. Yeah, and that's it, Mike. You know, you you can put this up on a chart. The enjoyment level peaks and then drops sharply by the commentary team. And it's the exact same thing. Lads in a ring, throwing each other out. row. Same match, it's very simple. But who's selling it is, you know... And even still with TNA, when TNA was bad and you had Don West and Tanay, it was still good because they were doing the best. You see another decline there as well when they changed over, got rid of Don West, replaced Mike Tanay. The show just fell apart because core parts of that yeah. show were taken out.
1: Do you think that in some ways, let me ask you this, and this may make sense and this may not. So when it came to Impact Wrestling, uh, and obviously the precursor being TNA, the reason why people, and this sounds kind of wrong to say because this is almost diminishing their talents, but the reason why people tuned out once Don West and Mike Tina were gone was because whenever something starts you become accustomed to something, you know what to expect. And they were such, they were woven into the fabric of what TNA was. And then all of a sudden, once you take a very integral part of that fabric out, you know, obviously the quilt's going to fall apart. Do you feel like it was, oh, well, these were just the guys that we got to know? Or is it a situation where these are the guys we got to know, but on top of it, they were really damn good at what they did. And I think the answer to that, in my opinion, is they were woven into it, they were picked very well and they did a bang up job. And I think that's not something you get very often with people who fit the role and do a great job.
0: I, th- I think you're right, Mike. Like, at the end of the day, if you create, it's all about identity. Don West and Mike Tanae were the identity of TNA in a lot of ways. Because here's the thing like, wrestling can be watched actively or can be watched pass- uh, passively. Actively, you're sitting there, you're on the edge of your seat. Passively, you know same when you watch a movie it's on in the background and you wouldn't even be watching it you'd be doing something else or whatever and you know you're still listening to it because it's still a it's still a tv medium you know um and if you're if you're receiving a product like that when they change an element it kind of it's different you know it and that can be good and it can be bad you know that's why we and Smackdown, down where very very different um you know, and even when they still try to do it, where you have different commentary teams, it's a different presentation. It's done that way to feel different. So when you take out something that is integral to the perceived brand of a company and change it for no reason, particularly for something inferior like Taz without without Paul Heyman, um, it becomes bad. It poisons it. And we saw this very, very early on. Don West and Mike Tanay would be anyone on the commentary booth in TNA. Anybody. I include uh, Jim Ross and that because they know the product better than anyone else. They know how to get the product over and you know how to connect with the fans. I like Josh Matthews as a, as a you know, he's a good dude. I've interviewed him a couple of times. Met him a couple of times. But he's no commentator compared to uh, Mike Tanay. <laughs> Not even close. Uh, and it's, that's what I'm saying, you know, you need to find somebody who is integral to the product and then run with that. And that's how you get that's how you build a good, successful commentary team.
1: I mean, and, and not to kind of harp on this because we do need to move on here. But the one thing I will say as far as Josh Matthews, because, you know, you who know him from a standpoint of off camera. And, and know, obviously yeah. probably a great person. Yeah. I just don't feel like he's a good commentator. And the reason why I don't feel like he's a good commentator is for the simple point that I feel like he just doesn't have that connection. And I think he's trying to – he's, he's tried really hard to get over as a heel commentator, especially when he did stuff with Elijah Burke. But it, it just didn't feel natural. It didn't feel natural natural. And when it doesn't feel natural and it feels like it's contrived or orchestrated backstage, I think you have a hard time selling that to your audience. And I think that's the biggest thing that it's been tough for him has been being authentic in what he does. But the last thing I'll 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 throw out here really, really quickly is the commentating team. You mentioned this one before on SmackDown. Yeah. Todd Phillips, Corey Graves, David Otunga, Byron Saxton. Okay. What? Yeah. David Otunga, no offense to David Otunga, I, I, I he's married to Jennifer Hudson, um, very nice guy, uh, doesn't really have any energy. His energy level is very low. Um, t- Tom Phillips, okay, maybe maybe he could do like a a radio show in in Boulder, Colorado. He's not interesting. Corey Graves, a little bit more, absolutely, but Michael Cole, no, he he's a knockoff. So. They got some serious problems when it comes to really telling stories with the people that they've decided to fill those positions with.
0: It's all up to them. It's
1: you know, it's it's like what we say
0: with everything else. Going back to what we even talked about with um, AWE, sorry AEW. Um, it's one of those kind of things where, unless there is a mandate to change, it's not going to change.
1: And that's just the way it is. All right, moving on here. There's a lot of interesting things that are going on here when it comes to AEW. It seems to be kind of the common thread here in this episode and WWE is that, that there have been a couple of uh, performers who have been in the news recently about, you know, are they going to stick with WWE? Are they not? And the aforementioned uh, wrestler that we had mentioned earlier, um, Dolph Ziggler, he has not been on television for quite a while since he lost a match on Monday night raw. And rumor has it that the WWE has offered him a backstage agent role now, or or agent or a producer, you know, one of the two. Are you surprised by this? Because he's really talented as far as his in ring abilities. Do you think WWE is just kind of saying we're kind of done with this and we'll either give you this backstage or, you're more than welcome to explore other avenues. Yeah. I'm a little surprised at this because, from a talent perspective, he's really good at what he does. Man, he's always been really good at what he does. He just wasn't the guy. It's like Daniel Bryan. Daniel
0: Bryan, great, great talent, wasn't the guy. That's just it. That's just it. You know, it's like it sucks, but WWE do this. They they have talent. They have no idea how to do it, and they leave. They go somewhere else and become huge. You know, I thought they were going to do AJ Styles. They didn't because, you know, AJ is just AJ. <laughs> he was anywhere he goes is incredible. But look at Christian Cage. You know, they didn't see him as the guy who went to TNA became huge. You know, it just is what it is. It sucks. It really does. But
1: it's just WWE
0: being WWE.
1: I mean, I I would like I'd like to see Dolph Ziggler appear and be utilized as an on-air talent Mm. he would be a great commissioner Um, he would be a great announcer in my opinion I think he would still be great in the ring if that's what he wants to do but now it seems like we're in the era of guys wanting to not shut it down earlier in their career, but at least be a lot more cautious because we know everything when it comes to injuries, back injuries, hip, knees, all that kind of stuff. Some guys really just don't want to go down that road and be a cripple in a wheelchair in a few years after they retire. So, you know, I'm just surprised that Dolph Ziggler, if he is done at some point with wwe in the near future i think that was a hugely squandered opportunity mm. because he's so good on the mic and he's so good in the ring you got to find something to do with that guy and if all you can think of is hey we'll put you backstage i would have to say that was a very very poor decision but we'll have to keep you guys posted on what happens with uh with mr ziggler the other thing i want to mention to you as well dara is there was also news recently that the revival was actually requesting allegedly as it's been reported that they would like to be out of their wwe contracts because they do not feel that from a creative standpoint the tag team division is utilizing them in the best way had you heard the same thing and what are your thoughts on this new story yep i can
0: totally understand that WWE don't know how to use the tag team division they never really have uh in recent times anyway the fact they have two belts is kind of ridiculous Uh, It makes sense, you know, the tag teams, unless they have some sort of staying power, they get misused, and then they disappear. They only, like, look at the New Day, they only got over because they're the New Day, you know, uh, not because of WWE, it's because they got themselves over. And the Revival just haven't done that, so it is what it is.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm quite, uh, I don't know what the word is to say with this, I'm just perplexed. At times, how WWE will invest this time, will invest this money, will invest this energy, and then all of a sudden they'll bring guys up. And we've seen this happen before with NXT, and they're just underutilized. It seems like it's one of those things where you're walking in a store and you got a lot of cash in your wallet, and you're like, man, I'd really like that. And then you buy it, and you, t- you take it home, and it stays in its box. Yep. Because you were in love with the concept of having it. But yet, at the end of the day, when you got home, it, the nostalgia wore off pretty quickly. But yet these guys are young, they're hungry, they're in their prime, they want to be utilized, and they're a great tag team. And they were declined releases from their WWE contracts. And with that being said, that kind of leads us to our next topic here. Let me ask you this, Dara. Do you feel like with AEW and the buzz around the indies being as hot as it is right now, people being able to basically book themselves, you know, kind of pick which path they want to take – take time off if they're injured or beat up and not have to worry about asking for permission. Do you think that anyone who's currently under contract with WWE, they're going to not let them out because I think there might be a level of fear that they may go somewhere else and be better utilized? Would you agree with that?
0: Potentially. But if WWE is taking that approach, that's bad because then you have a bunch of guys working and you don't want to work and they start working to get fired. You know, that's what can happen. Working no, it to, makes sense. Working to get fired and, you know, then we have a bad product. You know, employees at the end of the day have to be kept happy and working for a company that they don't want to work and can't leave. That's ridiculous.
1: It's going to be its gonna be interesting here, guys, because, you know, a lot of people said we never see the Monday Night Wars again. And maybe not per se Monday Night Wars, but I think there could be a... Uh, a, a, a big battle that is ensuing between wrestlers but what, and promoters. Point. I think that's what the next big war is going to be is, hey, you know what? I would like a contract that has an opt-out clause. Yep. And I know that that's one thing that they did offer the bucks when they made the big push for them to sign with WWE recently would be an opt-out clause after I believe it was six months. But do you think that more wrestlers may look into that? being put into their contract, meaning, hey, look, I'll take a little less money, but after a certain point in time, I do have the ability to opt out? I would say so. But Mike, the thing about
0: this is, this is all to WWE's fault. They did this to themselves. You know, all of this, this this whole environment, um, you know, WWE beat their competition. They won the Monday Night Wars. They, they overcame everything else. And just purely by not understanding how they won or what they actually did they created a situation where they factos number two pops up and then a big void pops up and then driving away half their audience driving away fans to the point now that we're starving as wrestling fans for something different and something new and something that is more like wrestling that we know so look if it it needs to be taken out of the hands of the fans and put directly into wrestlers who are like, look, we even hate this, let us leave, then they really need to kind of go, hey, yeah, you know what? Maybe we are doing a terrible thing. Maybe we are putting out an awful product and maybe we need to change. But the only way Vince learns is to have a strong number two and AEW could actually be that. I hope so. Competition is great. That's, you know, competition creates cash and also creates... uh, great products
1: well i'm very excited i'm very excited on multiple levels here because at least in 2019 i think ring of honor is definitely going to be a a player in 2019 and and here's why a lot of people say well wait a minute you guys you know speaking towards ring of honor you you lost the bucks and cody and kenny and, and you know there's a lot of change is going on it's a very fluid situation but i think ring of honor is strong i think ring of honor has the ability to go ahead and develop some new stars because they've been there before it's not the first time that somebody's left their promotion and they've had to go ahead and fill a void i think they're battle tested in some ways and i think they'll really i think they'll they'll flourish in 2019 which is a good thing that's hope. I mean, it's one of those deals where, you know, all you can do is, is wish a company the best and hope that things really work out. Because like they've always said, the more places for the boys to work is better for wrestling overall. It gives more interesting, compelling stories to tell with guys who you might not have ever thought would have gotten a chance to work together. Now they may get a chance to work together. So, there, Dar- I wanted to ask you also this question. There is uh, a lot of recent news as far as Mr. John Cena is concerned, John Cena is actually not going to be uh, performing at the Royal Rumble now due to an injury. Had you heard anything about this allegedly had it happened uh, on the most recent Monday Night Raw? And uh, there's actually been some comments that have been made from Booker T that, hey, man, it, it's time to go. It looks like uh, you, uh, you're you kind of past your prime. What's your thoughts on that? And have you heard any of this?
0: I haven't, but I'm excited. means I won't be upset now watching the Rumble um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah look it is what it is you know cena is a good actor he's a nice guy um probably one of the worst things that ever happened to wrestling ever um so yeah the sooner he leaves the better so bye you know that's
1: just the way. I, it. I think we're not getting any hurt feelings or or any farewells from mr dare o'connor when it comes to the uh Believing leaving of John Cena once that that moment does come in WWE. By the way, speaking of the uh, John Cena, the hair itself—have you seen the hair? Have you seen the hairstyle? I think that's got to do with his role in Bumblebee, wasn't it? I think it was. But did you notice uh, they call it the baloney patch in the back of your head? Like when you uh, when you start to lose your hair in a certain spot, like a bald spot, that was definitely uh, pronounced, and uh, people on social media definitely you know noticed that very much. It was uh, readily available for fodder for a lot of jokes had you seen that as well no i haven't to be honest with you
0: if i see John Cena's face outside of a movie i get really upset
1: so oh, maybe may this is a good thing you have not seen it then
0: no i just like because i just i'm like no this man has ruined the 20s of like my 20s as a wrestling fan so i'm like no, no i haven't i don't i don't keep well, up yeah, John- with John Cena. i'm more just like just keep making movies. You're actually not that bad of an actor.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's definitely done a, a really good job. Um, my wife and I went and saw Blockers, and we oh, thought dude, that was that movie, really, really funny. And he, so good. He does he's, comedy well.
0: Yeah, he's so good. I actually really enjoyed that movie. It was super good. Like, I have to say, I enjoyed that movie more than I ever have in any of his matches ever. He missed, he missed the boat.
1: The thing the about John... The thing about John Cena and his matches are, I feel like in a lot of ways, and I guess this can fall into the category of just about any wrestler, they have their repertoire of what they do. John Cena definitely fits in that category of an 80s wrestler, meaning there's about four or five things that he definitely does. I I just, it's hard to get in to the corner of John Cena unless he's going against somebody that the audience hates even more than they hate him, which doesn't happen very often. or.
0: If he's in the ring with someone way better than him. John, the thing that upset me about John Cena, two things. One, he never had a character, ever. The man never had a character, right? He just, it made no sense. Like, it's just, the cut, the cognitive dissonance of being a John Cena fan is too much for me. And two, he is a great wrestler who just never bothered his whole wrestling you know, that's the worst thing, because he'd be in a ring with um, Michael Cole, not Michael, with Shawn Michaels, sorry, with Shawn Michaels, and have an <laughs> absolute incredible match. And you're like, what? You, you could do this the whole time? Or he'd be in the ring with CM Punk, and you're like, what? You, where is this? What are you doing? And then you're just like, well, no, he's just lazy. He just right. he is lazy. You know, and that's the worst thing. Like it when he, And even when he did the open, the open Challenge thing with the US title a couple of years ago, great matches. And it's like, that's what was frustrating. It's like, you could be so much better, you know. But no, you're just doing the Hulk Hogan thing. And that's why you can never respect them, because it's just like, you you don't deserve this. You know, and that that's how I always see John Cena. And think about it, look, the amount of people that stopped watching WWE because John Cena was literally, and I hate to use this, so forgive me, rammed down our throats, which he was. Um, it's just ridiculous, you know. Like, I don't understand the Roman Reigns hate because, you know... Roman Reigns actually tried. You know, Cena just never tried.
1: It's one of those things where it, it really depends on, you know, creative and backstage can only do so much, and it really needs to be put on the performer themselves to take the ball the rest of the way and cross the goal line. And when you don't see that, when all you see is you know it's it's more so of a byproduct of what was already created backstage and then you're just a continuation of that but you're not really adding a whole lot of yourself into it mm. i can see where people wouldn't necessarily get on board with that i think roman has tried to be more of himself and i think backstage has really kind of stymied that where I think it's the opposite with John Cena. They went ahead and created the John Cena character, and he just went ahead and delivered what they created backstage. So it's one of those, oh, it's it's backwards in both ways. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's,
0: you know, I get it. Kids love them. he did lots for Make-A-Wish, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like, there will be another shill. You know, they'll find someone else. And I'd much rather have John Cena, the person who's an actor, and he could still do the Mel Michael West and stuff. But, you know, as an actor, I think, well, you're actually really funny. You're actually a, you actually seem like a really good guy. But as a wrestling fan, you're the worst thing that happened to wrestling since, I don't know, since the, the end of WCW, maybe. You know, since the end of real competition. You know, he is actually the byproduct right. of everything that WWE did wrong, is John Cena. You know, I know that's really harsh. And people are like, well, he really hates John Cena. Yeah, I do. Like a lot. So... <laughs> <laughs> but only, only as a wrestler though not as a, as right. a not as not a as per- person not as an actor no
1: um before we kind of put a bow tie on this episode obviously we're heading into the uh the royal rumble itself one of the biggest events in the uh in the winter um what are some of your initial thoughts on the build-up of the pay-per-view itself are you excited about it is there anything that you're looking forward to what are your thoughts
0: uh it kind of came under the radar for me because it was you know i there's nothing that was kind of pulling me in and then i was like oh the Royal rumbled soon so let's kind of let's see what's happening so uh i looked at the card and kind of caught up um to what's going on and yeah like tlc was not good so i just kind of was like no i'm checked out ov- over christmas so it kind of came back to it but I was surprised to see that Finn Balor is challenging Brock Lesnar for the belt. Um, I saw yes. I saw during the week that the Demon is not going to be showing up at the Rumble, which is a bad decision, Finn. That is a bad decision. You're too boring to not have the Demon. You know, I just you know that that's that's the truth. I'm a huge Finn Balor fan. Um, I think he's great, but he's very very boring without the Demon. He needs to be the Demon, and I think that's a bad move. It also shows that he's losing at the Rumble to Brock Lesnar. So take that to the bank. Um Becky um was going to get Oscar. Super excited. I think Becky's awesome and not just because she's Irish, but it's because she's lovely and she's great and I love Becky. Um so I'm glad to see now she's actually getting a match with Oscar. I think it's great to see that Oscar is champion again. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Rhonda, yeah um with Sasha Banks. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. Uh and as far as the rumble itself Mm yeah you know i love the royal rumble um i think it's a great match i'll be interested to see who the surprise entrants are it's definitely not going to be chris jericho or it could be it could just be sparring the whole time um but you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know i think they should have fun with the surprise entrance this year you know instead of just you know wheeling out the normal people they have um I don't know, I don't even know who they could reel because they usually wheel out um Rey Mysterio, super glue them together in a neutral out But now he's actually <laughs> on the roster, so like well, who are they gonna have? So they probably bring up a bunch of people from NXT and you know, it won't be as exciting. But you know, I, I I'm calling it now, they should bring out Vince Russo just for the
1: laugh, just to see what would happen. That's what I'd do. Um, I, booking it. I think th- I think they definitely could bring out Jeff Jarrett. They, I think that oh could yes, definitely be because Jeff can still go. Idea. That's a good idea, actually. That's fantastic. That's think- a great show, yeah. Jeff would definitely be somebody they can roll out there now let's let's hope and pray and let's let's please please hope that it's not Kenny Omega. If I see Kenny Omega come out as a surprise entrant or number 30 or yeah. whatever it may be, yeah. I'm going to vomit. I'm going to vomit on the carpet, and then my wife's going to get mad at me, and then I'm going to have to clean up my own vomit. And I'm going to vomit again because I'm so disgusted with the concept that Kenny Omega would even have the audacity to sign with WWE. But I know it's a possibility. I know he's already turned down one contract offer. I get it. Totally get it. But uh, if for me and for my taste buds when it comes to wrestling, I definitely do not want to see that
0: what i will say well dara is one, we have one yes. second mike before we wrap up um i do have to say that some of the announced wrestlers uh that have been announced um you know i do say that you know for anyone who who was wondering if mr golf himself was going to be appearing he will be bobby Lashley is going to be on the royal rumble so we can all watch him <laughs> we can all watch him uh half ass his way through a match so he can go back to play golf so rest easy rest easy He's a champion. He loves golf. That's that's what he's champion of, Mike, Mister Golf Champion.
1: I wish there would have been an audio recording of that because I, I just, I would love to see somebody go so far off topic of what they're supposed to talk about <laughs> and just go into their own hobbies and interests. Like I would love to have heard that because I think that would have been a great audio interview. Like I people would have, have been it. like,
0: what? "I have an, an audio I'd... interview. I'll have to dig it out." Yeah, I will. I will. Um, I will find it and I'll present it to the audience of the rewind exclusively because you have to hear it it is it is something that's uh, beyond words and it will under it will underscore why I have a deep distaste for Bobo Lashley or Mr Golf as he's known
1: God, I love it. I love it. I love it. I think maybe his best hope would be if they do a remake of Caddyshack and maybe he can be in that. Maybe that would be happy. That would be his crossover from wrestling into the entertainment business. And it would involve golf. But uh, other than that, I think uh, (laughs) there you go. Guys, that's going to do it for this week of the Freeland Wrestling Rewind. We would like to thank you for taking time to tune into The Rewind. Once again, you can find The Rewind anywhere fine podcasts are made available. That's iTunes, Stitcher, FM Player, anywhere else that fine podcasts are made available. Once again, follow all of the commentators on the Rewind. You can follow me. I am at Mike Freeland. Dara, you want to share your Twitter handle with everyone as well if they would like to continue this conversation with you on social media?
0: Yes, guys. If you want to at me, you can. Um, it's DaraWV, so WV is my Twitter handle. If you want to follow me on Twitch, you can. Uh, NerdDucks, so Ducks DucksDUX. Um, and, of course, Nerd to know Media is my own website, so that's how you
1: can find me. Excellent. Keep, keep up following Dare on social media. He loves to talk all things professional wrestling. So, do want to let you guys know that the Freeland Wrestling Rewind has been brought to you by the True Penny Show. Catch James True Penny in his cast of Wrestling Minds as they talk about all things professional wrestling, specifically in Japan. You can find the True Penny Show anywhere fine podcasts are made available as well, just like the aforementioned outlets I had mentioned for the Rewind here. If you'd like to go ahead and follow them on other social media sites, you can follow them on Facebook and Twitter as well. You can follow them at the True Penny Show, or if you would like to talk to the the Czar himself, the man wearing the professor jacket with the patches and the bubble pipe. He's probably sitting somewhere in his library right now with classical music playing, trying to come up with uh, some interesting element that we've never thought of in wrestling. I feel like he's one of those savants who just uh, he has he has it. And and maybe James Trupenny should be the one that's going to be running AEW. Who knows? Maybe they've already contacted him. <laughs> but you can follow him directly on Twitter, and he is at Sheriff Lone Star. Guys, I said it before, I'm going to sound like a broken record. Thank you so much for enjoying and listening to The Rewind. Please let us know what your thoughts are on the show itself. You can hit us up on Twitter. Uh, Let us know. You can DM both of us as well if you have any questions or comments or things you would like to hear on future Rewind episodes. But for Dara O'Connor, my name is Mike Freeland. Enjoy the rest of your week. And once again, thanks for listening to The Rewind.
0: Okay guys, that's going to do it for this edition of WrestleView here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, WrestleView.com and NerdToKnowMedia.com here on WrestleView.